You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. And I want to turn our attention to 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 today and take a few minutes to talk about um, solving some of those tough life problems. And I know that all of us here live on planet Earth and so we've experienced these kinds of things. Uh, perhaps a little reminiscent of uh, putting together Ikea furniture. Has anybody here ever done that? Oh my goodness. I remember in the first stages on the early goings of buying this Ikea stuff, you get it home. Well, first of all, you have to borrow your friend's truck to get it from Ikea to your house. You get it in there, you unpack it all on a carpet so you don't scratch anything, and there's this massive bag of screws and nuts and bolts and pegs and glue, and you launch into this thing, and, uh, you know, being a man, I never, ever really read the instructions. You know how that goes? Um, thank you, brother. Thank you. And uh, so, of course, then after a while, I was forced to get the little diagrams out and follow square one, square two, square three, and pretty soon the furniture was together in its place, and, you know, it didn't really look all that bad. But sometimes in the midst of doing even those simple little tasks, our life can feel like we're overwhelmed. We're just overwhelmed. And um, for all of us, we have had the challenges, we have had the struggles, we have had the tough times, and you know, we've lived a few years, and some of you have lived maybe a few more years than we have, and, and we know what those experiences are really like. Mark Twain said, I've been through some terrible times in my life, some of which actually happened. James, in verse, chapter 1, verse 17, says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And so how grateful we can be today that we serve a heavenly Father who gives us good and perfect gifts from above, coming down from the Father, not of darkness, but the Father of lights. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, I love this passage, and I think in a moment we'll see it on the screen, but uh, it simply begins by saying, by His or God's divine nature or that's his spirit. He has given us everything we need for a godly life. Uh, through our knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and goodness, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So, this is the God, the Father of lights, who gives us good gifts, and one of those great gifts is his divine nature, his spirit that indwells us. Now, for the next few minutes, I want to talk about 
four needs and four gifts that God gives to us. And this is all in the context of solving some of those tough problems of life, and we all have those kinds of things. Here they are, four needs and four gifts. Number one uh, need is the courage to face our problems. And sometimes we don't have that. We don't do that. We push things aside. We hide them. We run away. We do whatever. But God wants us to remember that we need to start with the courage to face our problems. And the gift that he gives to do that is simply what we call confession confession. Uh, Really an unusual gift when you think about it, Uh, but without it, uh, the others that we'll talk about are ineffectual. It means coming to the place where I simply bow the knee of my heart and I say, oh Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you. And the very ability to confess our shortcomings and our sins is in fact a gift that God places into our hand today. The courage to face our problems and the gift of confession. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 1 John 1, 9, you probably know this one well too. If we confess our sins, that's the admission of our sins, that's the courage to face our problems. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And when I read the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, I love the life and the story of David, reminiscent in so many ways of me, and I expect you as well too, and David in the midst of this crushing failure, and then his courage to face the problems that he had in life said, In um, Psalm 32, verses 3 to 5, when I kept silent, and sometimes we do that, we hide away. We seek shelter and cover to not face those things. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groanings all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. You know that feeling? Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. You see it there? The courage to face our problems and the wonderful gift that God gives us of confession where we return to that place again where we admit that we have fallen short, and in bringing our sins and shortcomings to him, we open our lives to the healing power of forgiveness and the dynamic purifying work of God's spirit within us. That's what confession does. It could be here this morning, you're in a place, a tough spot, and the first thing you need to do before you leave this auditorium or this building today is simply say, oh, Lord Jesus, in this area of my life, I need you, and I confess to you, Father, that I'm a needy, needy person. Well, that's number one. Secondly, I think we need wisdom to understand our hearts and our minds. Wisdom to understand our hearts and our minds. And the gift 
the Heavenly Father gives us to do that are his scriptures, the Bible. The Bible. First or Second Timothy chapter 3. Uh, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm so thrilled that my parents exposed me to the Bible. Uh, we had six kids, so I had five siblings, and we were at a very early age exposed to the Scriptures. And I, when I was here last time, you know, they had this whole building set out for Day of Vacation Bible School. We felt like we were in Africa, and uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, now, when I was a kid, it was a little simpler than that, but I remember Mrs. Flemmer and uh, others like her and Sunday school teachers who systematically, courageously, faithfully taught the scriptures to us. They rolled out the plan of salvation for us from that point of infancy up through our childhood years into our teen years until we were launched as adults. What a beautiful gift that was for us. How from infancy... You have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And all Scriptures God breathed. Thank the Lord for the authority of the Bible. The God breathed the Word of God that can change our lives. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so... Verse 15 again, from infancy we have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make us wise unto salvation. Well, I ask myself often, how does God really do that? I think the answer is seen here in verses 16 and 17. Through teaching, uh, what I believe and do, and you know, we're here today listening to the Word of Christ. Uh, the teaching of Scripture, it makes a change in us. Uh, rebuking what, where I've sinned, and sometimes the Lord needs to speak into our ear, into our heart, about where we've kind of gone off a little bit, and then for correcting how to change and get back onto the right path again, and then, of course, training how to consistently live our lives in such a way that we please the heart of God. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. And Peter goes on to say, 1 Peter chapter 1, now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth. You know that feeling? Uh, when I obey God, there is a sense of purity that comes to my heart. I know that I please God. What a release that is. Purified ourselves by obeying the truth so that you may have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the, from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. There it is. And this is the word that was preached to you. So, yeah, we have um, courage to face our problems, and we come to the Lord in confession before him. We admit our need. And then we need wisdom in our hearts and minds going forward. And we have the scriptures, the inerrant word of God. Oh, you are a gem. You are a gem. Thank you. 
Anybody want a drink? It's good. Very good. Uh, Psalm 119.16, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Wow, that's pretty critical, isn't it? So, and we have so many great things available to us today, the proliferation of the scriptures, um, Bibles everywhere. Uh, I'm culling my library again at home, trying to whittle it down to a more manageable size, and there are some Bibles there that I need to give away. I just don't need them anymore. And many of us use Uversion, the app Uversion. How many use Uversion here? Oh, yeah, lots of you do. Wow, what an incredible gift that is to the church and to the world. Uversion from Life Church in the U.S., Craig Kershell. And uh, wow, I like that. I use that often. How many languages there? 145 translations or something, or languages, and uh, just uh, beautiful access to the scriptures. And uh, as we live our lives, we, we hear God's word in context like this. We read God's word through maybe you version or in your hardcover Bible, and you study God's word, you divide it out clearly to understand it, then you memorize God's word, and then you meditate on God's word. All of those things, building his truth, wisdom into our hearts. Proverbs 3, my son, do not neglect my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. That's a picture of a person who is immersed in the Scriptures and whose life very much is evident of that immersion in the wisdom and truth that the Bible brings. And James tells us, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do it, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. You know, looking back at my own family and the leadership, the spiritual leadership of my parents, I really believe the, the blessing of God was on our family, without a doubt. We, we sensed that. We, we experienced that. We, we knew that. And I think a lot of that came from the covering that was provided for us by our parents from the scriptures in our lives. And uh, we looked at it, the perfect law that brought freedom. We continued to do it. We didn't forget what it said, but we did it. And in the end, we were blessed in what we did. We just had God's blessing on our lives. A team of Christian workers in Russia was given permission to claim a warehouse of Bibles that were confiscated 60 years ago by Joseph Stalin. As team members loaded the Bibles on a truck, they discovered a young man crying in the corner of the warehouse. The young man, an agnostic student who had expressed hostility toward the team, was holding a Bible that bore the signature of his grandmother. Incredible, isn't it? Incredible. So we need wisdom to understand our hearts and minds. And so we hear the word, we read the word, we study the word, we memorize the word, we meditate on the word day and night, as the psalmist said. And in the end, we experience 
the beautiful, beautiful blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Let's move on. Need number three, I think, is family to help us along the way. And uh, the great gift that God gives us there, of course, is the church. And uh, two very dominating themes in the New Testament are images of the body and images of the family. And that's what we are here today, right? Cold Lake Community Church, we are a body. We are a local expression of the worldwide body of Jesus Christ. That's who we are here in this room. And we are family, family. We need each other. And the other thing the scriptures tell us is about two callings. Um, You see them there. Uh, We gather and we scatter. So lots in the scriptures about scattering. The Great Commission, go, make disciples, baptizing, teaching, all those things. We know that. But there's a lot too about what happens when we gather as the body of Christ. We break bread together. We worship together. We learn together. We grow together. Those things are very, very important. One thing I ask of the Lord, this uh, only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred, sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. And I think that's descriptive of what happens when we come to this church on a Sunday morning. There is a place of dwelling, there is shelter. We are set high upon a rock as we gather here, as we worship together, as we connect with one another in the body of Christ, as we listen to the teaching of scriptures. Wow, it makes a difference because this is the context of spiritual family for us. And if I can go back to my own parents again, not only did they teach us the scriptures, but I'm so very grateful to mom and dad that they brought us to church. You know, I'm convinced that if not the first Sunday, the second Sunday after I was born, I was at church. Um, You know, back in those days, mom said, I'd stay in the hospital six days after I had you. Now it's six minutes and they send you home. And, uh, but six days, so on the seventh day, did, in fact, did that match up with a Sunday? If it did, I expect I was off to church, but certainly the second week, and we never missed. We were the first to arrive, last to leave. We went Sunday school, morning service, night service, mid. We went every time. That's the example that our parents set for us. And you know, they used to always sit in the front. All the holy people sit on the front row. <laughs> Honey, how come you're in row two today? What, what, what? And, they, and I always said, you know what, when I grow up, I'm sitting at the back. I won't, well, you know where I sit? No, I always go to the front too. So, you know, old habits die hard. And mom and dad set such a beautiful example for us, taking us to church. And you know what, folks? You need to be here. You just need to be here. There is a place for you, and you just need to be here. We have found, of course, we, our church, Hope City Church, now we have about 4,000 people every Sunday attend our congregation. That's a lot of people. But you know what we, know we've discovered? When we track the attendance of people, um, 25 years ago, a lot of those people came four Sundays out of a month, and the meter shifted to three Sundays and two Sundays, and many of them now 
people who would tell you adamantly that they were consistent, faithful attenders of church really only come one to two times a month. That's what's happened. And you know, we need to be here. It's just so critical for us to connect consistently with the family of God, um, the church of Jesus Christ. Better one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere, the psalmist said. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And in Hebrews 10, you know this well too, I'm sure. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Spurring, getting the spur into the side of the horse, the lunge forward. That's what happens when we get together and we connect and we pray and we share and we live our lives there is that spiritual bond that pulls us together as the family of Jesus Christ. And Wow, we need to be together. Family needs to be together. For us, it's Christmas and and New Year's and Easter and Thanksgiving, all those days. The family gathers because we know how important our family is to us. So we have a need for, for courage and we have a need for wisdom and we have a need for family. I think the fourth thing is that there's a need... For strength to just do what is right. Strength to do what is right. And you know, often when you find yourself in a tough situation, a difficult problem, you know, it's not a big, complicated solution we need. Often it's just that one little step forward that we take that moves us along the way to the place of release and forgiveness (coughs) and freedom. That's what we need. So there is strength to do what's right, and it comes through the work of the Holy Spirit. Again, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, by his divine nature or power, he has given us everything we need for a godly life. Wow, that, that's an incredible statement. An incredible statement. I think Jesus echoes that when he said in Luke 11, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, Will you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so we come in the midst of our need for courage and wisdom and family and all those things, our prayers for strength just to do what is right to take one step forward in the right direction, and we do that through the help of the beautiful, precious Holy Spirit. And when that divine power, that divine nature of Christ comes to dwell, as you know what that experience is, I expect most of us, and if you don't, we encourage you today before you leave this building, bow the knee of your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I confess my need of you. Receive him as your Savior. But the gift of God's Spirit really does three things for us. Number one, make sure when people hear the gospel, they really hear the gospel. When they hear the gospel, they really hear the gospel. Do you know about that? 
that's that convicting, convincing work of the Holy Spirit that Jesus talked about. When he comes, he will prove to the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So he makes sure when people hear the gospel, they really hear the gospel. And um, we have a friend, Debbie, who lunched with my wife the other day, who we've known now for well over 50 years. And um, Debbie uh, grew up in a family where they didn't attend church, they didn't know Christ. And she had heard of Birch Bay Ranch. Anybody heard of Birch Bay Ranch? Yes, you have, good for you. I was actually the very first director of Birch Bay Ranch in 1972, that was just, just after the ark came back to dry ground, you know, <laughs> long time ago. And uh, Debbie had heard about Birch Bay Ranch, I forget how, but she had heard, and so she got the application form, and she was filling it at home, and I think they asked, are you a Christian? Well, yeah, she was Christian. Of course, we grew up in a Christian country, we're a Christian. The next question is, how long have you been a Christian? And so she hollered to her mom and, and asked, Mom, it asks, how long have I been a Christian? What should I say? Her mother hollered back, all your life. Okay, all my life. All right. So in the end, she fills up the and she gets the job. Uh, I don't think it was for a counselor because I think they figured out that she really wasn't a Christian. So she ended up, ended up in kitchen duty. And uh, then on the weekend, I think after the first camp, um, with friends, they said, well, we're going to church on Sunday. This was Central Tabernacle in Edmonton back in those days. And uh, why don't you come with us? So Debbie went to church. And that Sunday, she gave her life to Jesus Christ. It's amazing. And uh, she never looked back. Uh, she was a teenager in our youth group, and we were youth pastors, and her husband now uh, married a long time is Brad Fawcett, who was a librarian at Vanguard College. Had been there probably a better part of 40 years. So there it is. The convicting work and power of the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And we respond in those situations, and there it is. Secondly, very quickly here, he helps us become people in whom Jesus is seen. Um, outwardly, we know we're fading away, and uh, those of us who put a few miles on know that experience. Uh, yet Paul says, 2 Corinthians 4, yet inwardly we are renewed day by day, and I think people who are renewed day by day have the opportunity and experience to influence people out in the community for Jesus Christ. If we are not renewed day by day, we become religious people who often are offensive to the culture. When we are renewed day by day, there's something of the sweetness of the life of Jesus that comes to us through the indwelling divine nature of Christ that makes us a different person. So the Holy Spirit makes sure that when people hear the gospel, they really hear the gospel, and that we become people in whom Jesus is seen. And then thirdly, and I think most importantly for today is simply this, he helps us understand what God has freely given to us. Amazing. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. I love, love, love this verse, and I hope you can love it too. It simply says... What we have received is not the spirit of the world, 
but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. So he convicts us, brings us into relationship with him. He helps us with that ongoing sense of spiritual renewal through his life that helps make a difference in the world. And then he brings us increasingly to an understanding of those things, those gifts that he has freely given to us. So by his divine power and nature, he has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him, God's work begins and ends with his power, his nature in us, who called us by his own glory and goodness, the priceless privilege and inescapable responsibility through these is given us the very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape, escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. He has given you everything you need. All that we need for the nurture of spiritual life and for the development of godliness has been given to us, through his divine nature, through the knowledge of him that comes through his divine and precious promises. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. For whatever reason, the other day I thought of a youth pastor I met who pastored in the San Francisco area and if you've been there, you know the beautiful Golden Gate Bridge there. And back in those days, he drove a little red Datsun. Can you picture those little red Datsun? One of the cheapest cars on the planet, next to the K car that Chrysler produced years ago. The Datsun was a pretty cheap little car. And he said he was driving across the Golden Gate Bridge one day, and he ran out of gas. Like, you don't want to run out of gas in the Golden Gate Bridge because he said, you know, we, he said, I've seen how the, the tow truck vultures are waiting there for you. And he said, I've also seen that when they come across a vehicle in rush hour that is stalled there and they can't get in, often what they do is they throw their big hook right through the windshield of the car, tie it around the post, and they haul the car away. Can you believe it? So there he says, I'm sitting there in my little red Datsun, and I'm out of gas. I don't know what to do. And he said, I'm praying, Lord Jesus, help me, help me. And he said, after I bowed my head in prayer, I lifted my head up, and I glanced in the rearview mirror, and at just that moment, this huge, massive gasoline truck was pulling up behind him. What amazing. So he gets out of his car, and the trucker jumped out too, and he said, I think you need a little bit of what I have here today. Let me help you. Okay, so now the question is, how do you get the gas out of here into here? And he said they took that big nozzle, and the little opening on the Datsun was about that big, and the nozzle was about that big. And so the trucker said, do you have anything in your car that we can use to put the gas in and get it in your tank? So he scrounged through. You know, youth pastors have a lot of stuff in the backseat of their car. Used hamburgers, french fries, 
And he said he found an old McDonald's cup and took it out and dusted it off. And he said, I stood by the side of the road on the Golden Gate Bridge holding this cup and the trucker turned on the valves and squeezed the trigger a little bit, and he said, gas went everywhere. And he said, but there was enough gas in that little cup that I poured it into the gats, and, and I started the engine, and off I went. Amazing. And when I heard him tell that story, I thought, wow, what a beautiful picture of us. There we are on the road of life. We're out of gas. We have some sort of dilemma or problem or situation that we have a tough time solving. And there we are with our head bowed saying, oh God, I confess my need of you today. I need wisdom. I need courage. I need help. I need anything you can give me. And when we look up, the resource is there. That huge, massive tanker of everything that God has for us is there. Everything we need for a godly life. As the Old Testament word to Abraham was El Shaddai. El is the mighty, powerful God, but Shaddai is the God of wonderful and abundant supply. And so you and I, oops, sorry, James, with our little cup, here we are, you know, and we hold our lives up and say, oh, Father, if you can just give me enough for today, just to get one step further down the road, and, and our Heavenly Father takes that nozzle and squeezes, and before long, we're washed with resources. We're covered from head to toe with all those things that God need, need, uh, want, wants to give us. And so, folks, we need to draw on his resources today. And um, for courage and wisdom and family and strength, by confession, the scriptures, the church, and the Holy Spirit, we trust him. We reach out to him. We know that he will guide us. We know that he will make our path straight, enable us to be the people he desires us to be and do the things that he desires us to do. So if you're here today, and, and I know you're here today, those of you who have some of these things, habits that are tough to break, uh, shortcomings that are niggling and causing you all kinds of problems, circumstances that are extremely difficult for you to deal with now, in the midst of all of that, the first step is just confession where I say, oh, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you. Just bow your heads together, and, and if that's in your heart today, just start to pray that as a prayer. Oh, God, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will enable me to have the strength and the courage to identify today those things in my life that are not right. And have the courage, Lord, to confess them and say, Lord, give me the wisdom I need in the context of this family and the strength that comes from you to be able to live my life in a different way. We thank you for it, Father. And I pray that your hand of blessing will be upon this church. And um, Pastor Mark, uh, Pastor Hayward, we just commit all of them to your care, Father, this morning, and ask that you will be the God that we need you to be, Father. 
as we commit ourselves to your precious care. Thank you, Father. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.